Started off with some love, Sister Nancy. You know what I'm saying? Bam, bam. Mainly because March is Women's History Month. And not only that, but today, March 8th. Monday, March 8th, episode 34, marks International Women's Day. So we're in um, International Women's Month. And on top of that, today is International Women's Day. So we're showing mad love to the women out there, but also the international women coming from Jamaica. Panayadem. <laughs> nah, for real, yeah. Shout out to Sister Nancy. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard that song before. It's in a bunch of movies and shit. Uh, if you just listen to reggae or dancehall, you probably heard it. And I know I've probably mentioned on here before, I'm a big fan of Jamaican music in general. So yeah, shout out to Sister Nancy. Much love, you word. So, yeah, man, since we're starting here, well, first off, no new listener questions. What else is new? You know what I'm saying? Just reiterate, if you want to send in some questions, some new shit to talk about, you got topic suggestions, you know what I mean? Just comments. You want to praise the kid, talk some shit, hit up the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. Any feedback or commentary contributions, whatever you got would be much appreciated, yeah, I mean, but yeah, so we're gonna stick on women for a little bit, uh, once again, happy women's month, happy women's day, praise women, love all the women around you, yeah, I mean, your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your fucking aunts, whatever, man, um, aunts, aunts, I don't know how you say it, motherfucker, I feel like aunt is more proper because there's a U in there, but either way. I'm not a fucking English major, you know what I mean? But yeah, man, shout out to all the women out there. 
So just sticking on women, we got a few topics that tie into that. So we're going to touch on those first, you understand? First and foremost, we got... So I actually have a few topics for stuff to watch or that I've been watching, I guess. But before we get to all that, the main one I want to talk about, A, because it was a great movie, I learned a lot, and then B, because this is like the epitome of women's history, period. Um, So I'd heard of Billie Holiday, you know, old, I guess you'd call her a jazz singer, um, blues singer, I think probably more jazz, but... I'd always heard the name Billie Holiday. I knew she was a singer from back in the day. I didn't know much else about her, okay? So I saw this movie. Um, it's called The U.S. vs. Billie Holiday on Hulu. And I checked it out the other day, you know what I mean? Threw that shit on. And it was really, like I said, informative, emotional, entertaining, you know, it was it was a good movie, man. But I learned a lot. The main thing I learned was just the the significance of Billie Holiday. I didn't know the whole history behind her story, or excuse me, not her story. Her well, I guess her story too. But her song "Strange Fruit" and how the government actively tried to essentially banish this song. Which, like, I don't know. That kind of fucking blew my mind. So let me pull this song up real quick. Strange Fruit. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you. So the reason that they were trying to banish this song or remove it from radio, not get it played anywhere, was because this song, Strange Fruit, is Billie Holiday's description, first-hand description of what she's witnessed as far as lynchings go. You know, she's from the 30s era, 30s, 40s. Not that this shit isn't happening today, but back then it was, I hate to say it, it was almost like an everyday occurrence kind of thing. So she she wrote a song about it and called it Strange Fruit, and I'm going to play it here in a second, but I just wanted to warn you guys, it's a little graphic. Like I said, it's it's her description of a lynching, which is why the U.S. government um, and Slinger and all these fucking, you know, all the big wigs back in the day, 20s, 30s and shit in the U.S. government were trying to get this song banished. And we're essentially trying to strong arm her into not not performing this song in any of her shows. So I highly recommend checking out the movie The U.S. vs. Billie Holiday. I'm going to play the song Strange Fruit. Burning flesh 
Here's a fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck, for the sun to gives me goosebumps um like i said it's kind of eerie it's a little graphic but at the end of the day it's the ugly truth you know she was doing what all great artists and musicians do she was making art out of her fucking reality this shit that she was seeing at the time she made a song about it and obviously it made the big wigs uncomfortable um whether that was because it was a reminder of what they were doing or they were trying to maybe suppress what was really happening in the south or i don't fucking know man but it was really it was a really good movie check it out for sure the u.s versus billy holiday yeah man that shit gives me chills bro but also a big shout to women again so i saw this commercial the other day I guess it wasn't even a commercial. It was just a fucking ad on my phone on like Instagram or YouTube or something. But I'm sure you guys have heard of this artist, uh, St. John. He's not a woman, obviously, but I'm going to get to the point. So I saw St. John. It was a Can-Am advertisement, which they do like, um, I guess they do motorcycles. They were advertising like the three, one of the three-wheel motorcycles with the two fucking wheels in the front and the one in the back shit. I don't know exactly what it's called, like a T-Rex or something. I don't know, dude. I'm not that, you know, anyway. But it was St. John and Joan Jett, which I was shocked to see. For anyone who doesn't know who Joan Jett is, you've definitely heard her songs. She was popular probably back in... I don't know. I'm going to look this up. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Maybe like the 70s or 80s. I guess the 80s. And I yeah, I guess they're the two like the two faces of Can-Am right now, St. John and Joan Jett. But I'm going to play this fucking Joan Jett. You know this shit. She did I Love Rock and Roll, which um everyone knows and that one's cool, but I like my favorite song of hers was always uh, bad reputation. If I can fucking find this shit, there's a live version, but we want the, you know what I mean? I don't give a damn, I'm a bad reputation. What the fuck?
shout out to Joan Jett. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I hadn't seen the company name Can-Am in so long. And then when Joan Jett popped up in the ad, I was like, oh, shit. It always reminds me, my uncle always had this old Joan Jett and the Blackhearts cassette tape in one of his old cars. And I remember my brother and I found it one time and we're just jamming out to that shit. But yeah, man, shout out to Joan Jett, yeah, you know I mean? Must love. So yeah, moving right along once again. Happy International Women's Month and Day. Two birds with one stone, you understand what I'm saying? Two, two birds with one podcast. Two birds with one pod? Shit, I don't know. One of those. We out here. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, also, shouts to St. John. I don't know if you know his music. I've been listening to more and more of him lately. Um, I kind of just discovered him within the definitely within the past year. But I'll throw on one of his joints real quick, just so you can get a little familiar. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know his most recent album from last year, 2020, while the world was burning, has been in heavy rotation, at least in my crib. Um, so let me play one of these joints off of here real quick. I'm going to play Freedom is Priceless. we know the freedom is priceless Niggas that come from the places I'm from They never grow up to see old age Who's getting hit from a brand on God The very first time I heard cool play I saw a nigga just bumping his gum And then he got pooped with the whole man How you gonna live your whole life on the road And told not to feel any real rage They ain't believe in the dream for real I had to get in my own way I used to work a day to my nigga But working for niggas that don't pay Niggas is jugging and pissing and shooting and falling and loving the whole way From where you could tell how hungry he is by if he gon' do it in broad day I come from under the bottom, my nigga, them people ain't really gon' like this Hey, But yeah, I also thought it was dope how, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's a new artist Like he just came out this year or something I mean, he's got at least two albums out The first one is saying it was from 2019 so, I mean, I guess you can say he's still a relatively new artist, you know, within the past five years, let's say, max. And then the other counterpart being Joan Jett, having been around since the 70s, 80s, I, thought, I just thought that was kind of cool, you know what I mean? They're appealing to multiple generations, multiple genres of music. But yeah, man, I just thought that was kind of dope. So, shouts to Can-Am, shouts to Joan Jett, shouts to St. John, yeah, I mean... Also, staying on music real quick, my girl SZA dropped a video for her single, Good Days. She put that out. I might even mention it on here. I don't remember. She put that out probably like a month ago, a couple weeks ago or something, but she just put the video out. And if you know me, you know I love SZA. I was telling uh, somebody recently, if I'm listening to R&B, I might even set it on here, man. I don't know. I don't fucking remember this shit. But uh, if I'm listening to R&B, I'd much prefer it to be a female singer versus a male. Just because, you know, if you're going to croon to me, you know, you understand? But yeah, this is SZA. Good days. Me bummed out, you so you so you big 
She's basically the queen of TDE, Top Dog Entertainment. It's a label uh, with like Kendrick, Schoolboy, some of the bigger names you might recognize in hip hop. You know what I mean? But yeah, much love to SZA, as always. But like I said, the record's been out. It's just a video that she just put out, and it's a it's a trippy video. It's very like mushroom influence. You could tell. It's pretty dope. Yeah, man. Shout out to SZA, the queen. But um, I guess we'll stay there since we kind of already touched on TV and music. Um, also, like I know I mentioned briefly, Snow Falls back on Hulu finally. Been tuned in heavy to that. My man Franklin Sane out here wilding. You know what I mean? <laughs> so check out Snowfall if you haven't yet. Um, on Netflix... They put out a new Biggie documentary. Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. It's called A Story to Tell, like one of his one of his most famous songs off his second album. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, you guys know I'm a huge hip-hop head. Biggie is, like I said on the thing of the last episode with DJ Dynasty, is my favorite rapper of all time, pretty much. And I enjoyed it because... It wasn't the stereotypical Biggie Pac beef, what happened, unsolved murder. Like, all these docs seem to be generally the same. This one was more so just focusing on um, on Biggie himself, you know what I mean? His upbringing, his childhood, his relationship with his mom. The first time I've ever even heard mention of his dad, really, uh, as far as, like, they show a photo of his dad who wasn't around, you know what I mean? But just, they sh- they give you a more in-depth view of Biggie's life, not just the Biggie and Pac friction that everyone knows all too much about. So check that out. Uh, Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell, documentary on Netflix. Also, another documentary I was watching the other night, if you guys are into punk rock at all, um, this Fat Records documentary on Amazon Prime. 
So Fat Records is a, a punk rock label started by Fat Mike, the front man of No Effects. So they were just kind of given the history on Fat Records and how they started back in the day, like late 80s, early 90s, and they're still going today. A lot of the bands that I was listening to, you know, growing up in high school and stuff like that, um, were on this record label, Fat Records. So I thought it was dope. I mean, if you're not into punk rock, you probably won't really give a shit, but <laughs> I thought it was pretty sweet. And just because we're talking about it, I'm going to play a quick little, uh, give you a little sample. You know what I mean? I know I talk about uh, punk rock and shit on here, but some people may not really know. Some people hear punk rock and they think like Blink-182 or I don't know, like some commercial pop punk shit. Which is a, a derivative, more or less, I guess, of punk rock. But real punk rock, at least to me, is like a lot of these Fat Records um, bands. Bands like The Casualties and stuff like that. Real gritty. Just real, I don't know, man. I don't even know how to explain it, really. But I'm going to play... Uh, I'll play this band called Propagandi. It has them listed as alternative, which is hilarious because, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is propaganda. You are. that's playing it reminded me of this old punk band the distillers whose front woman is just that a woman since it's international women's month and day i'll play some distillers right quick i haven't listened to this band in 15 years probably i'm living on steady faith kind of likes to restrict your breath Never been a better time in this Suffocating out with your daughter Blessed in a city This was with so much shade You see me rise above And take its place No heart points until it dies Train to blood That's not the song I was thinking of. Is it this City of Angels? Let's see.
still not what I was thinking of. If this last one isn't it, then. No, I don't think that's it either. Whatever, man. Shouts to the Distillers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, man, I miss, I miss bands like that. I just love punk rock. I feel like I love punk rock and hip-hop so much because they're so similar. Uh, at least they 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 don't sound similar at all. They actually sound drastically different for the most part. But I mean, there are some songs that can arguably you know in the same ballpark. But anyway, what I'm the point is they stand for the same thing more or less. Basically, power to the people, fuck the man. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I've just always been drawn towards both of those genres. Yeah, I guess they do kind of melt together more than than I was thinking originally. Now that I'm thinking of some bands like Whole Wheat Bread, I mean Sublime. Uh, there's this band Horror that I just discovered not too long ago. Horror, but it's spelled H-O. The R's are basically, what is it? I, I think they're sixes or nines. I can't remember. I mean, everyone's getting super wild and creative with these fucking band names these days. But let me see. I know I have them on here. Horror. Yeah, the R's are nine. So it's H O 9909. But yeah, just, I mean, punk rock in general has always been, has always represented that to me at least. And yeah, kind of same with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the man. <laughs> I don't even remember where we were. Uh, music stuff, anything else? The Fat Wreck Doc. Oh, yeah, and Coming to America. I mean, come on, man. Amazon Prime, Coming to America, streaming right now. The sequel to Coming to America from back in the late 80s with Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. Uh, I loved it, man. Uh, I was watching it with Bud actually the other day, and we were both talking about like sometimes sequels can be a huge fucking letdown. I mean, Anchorman Two being a great fucking example of that. But this one was actually great, dude. I mean, they waited like thirty years to do this shit, so I was a little skeptical. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna give anything away, any spoiler alerts or anything. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy is on Amazon Prime right now. Um, let me see. Then the last thing I think for music was, so you guys have probably heard, you've at least heard of Bruno Mars, right? I mean, dudes played like the Super Bowl, big pop artists and shit. But you've probably heard of this other artist, Anderson Pock. He, I mean, he's not as well known as Bruno, but he's still, he's getting up there. He's starting to build his popularity. Um, he's got a band called the Free Nationals. They're kind of more of like a funky vibe. Um, I don't even know how you'd explain them really, but not quite pop. They're pop-esque, but definitely more kind of just funk and soul feel. So I guess Anderson and Bruno teamed up to make this quote-unquote super group called Silk Sonic. You heard me correctly. Silk Sonic. You can take a long drag from a cigarette when you say that. Silk Sonic on the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, any radio stations higher and highlight your boy, you heard? <laughs> so this song is called Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. I'm sipping wine in a robe. I look too good to be alone. My house clean, my pool warm. Just shake smooth like a newborn. We should be dancing, romancing in the key swing and the west wing of this mansion. What's happening? I am playing no games. Every word that I say is coming straight from my heart. So. Leave the 
<laughs> I'm a ruin, fucking <laughs> ruin this shit with my fucking trash vocals. Yeah. But yeah, man, shouts to Silk Sonic, done. And just staying on music for a second longer. I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you. I tried to give you a decent amount of heads up, okay, so you could protect your fucking neck, cover your head tops. I told you we were coming, alright? Pause. Yours truly, featuring Pete Butter. What up? promo my music on here too much and i'm really not gonna try to but that song what up that's the one i was telling you guys about a while back if you just search kpod in your favorite streaming platform you should be able to find the god all right you should see us there man (laughs) and i appreciate anyone who's listening who's been listening we also You didn't hear nothing. All right. Last thing about music, man. I hate to end the music segment on a somber note, but Bunny Whaler, one of the founding members of the Whalers, you know, Bob Marley and the fucking Whalers. Yeah. He was really the, it was Bob, Bunny, and Peter Tosh were kind of the three, the three-headed monster of the Whalers, you know, for lack of better terms. And Bob, as we all know, passed away a while back. Peter Tosh had been, I believe, shot in a home invasion back in like the 80s or 90s. I think it was the 80s. So Bunny Whaler was kind of the the last man standing, and he just passed away last week. 
um, in Jamaica. So much love to Bunny. Much love to, you know, the whole Whalers gang, the Marlies, everybody. That was some sad news, man. I fucking love the Whalers. As you guys know, I've talked about that whole crew, you know, not just Bob, the Whalers, the tribe, you know what I mean? And Bunny was definitely an important part of that. So much love to Bunny, man. Also, some big news today that I saw this morning, actually, is supposedly this trial for the the big George Floyd case from last year is finally starting today, I believe, Monday. So I'm going to read you this article that I was looking at this morning. It says... Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, died on May 25, 2020, after Chauvin, then a Minneapolis police officer, placed his knee on Floyd's neck for nearly eight minutes while Floyd pleaded, I can't breathe. His final moments were captured on video, and his death led to widespread protest against police brutality, and racism under the banner Black Lives Matter. Chauvin has pleaded not guilty to second-degree unintentional murder and second-degree manslaughter charges. In addition, a charge of third-degree murder that was dismissed in October is now in limbo after an appeals court ruled the trial judge should reconsider a motion to reinstate it. Jury selection in the trial starts Monday today. So that's what it is. The jury selection starts today. Starts Monday at the Hennepin County Government Center and is expected to last about three weeks. Afterward, opening statements will start no earlier than March 29th and take two to four weeks. In a case with so much media attention, it may be impossible to find a jury that hasn't heard about Floyd's death. But the goal is not to find ignorant people. It's to find jurors who can be impartial and are open to hearing the evidence and the law. No matter what a potential juror has seen or heard, can they set that aside and base their decision on evidence in court and the law the judge gives them, said Mary Moriarty. Mary Moriarty the former chief Hennepin County public defender. In December, prospective jurors were sent a 16-page questionnaire asking for their thoughts on Black Lives Matter protests, their views on policing, and their personal interactions with police. Starting Monday, some prospective jurors who completed the questionnaire will be questioned one by one in court in a process known as voir dire, V-O-I-R-D-I-R-E. I'm assuming that's, I don't, what does that mean? Voir dire. I mean, it tells you what it means, but is there like a... Voir dire. Voir dire. A preliminary examination of a witness or a juror by a judge or counsel. All right. Learn something new every day. By a voir dire. The juror's name, address, and other information will be kept anonymous. The judge will first ask questions of the prospective juror, followed by the defense and then the prosecution. If the defense or prosecution believes the person cannot be impartial in the case, they can ask the court to dismiss the person for cause. Each side has unlimited challenges for cause. Prosecutors and defense attorneys can also move to dismiss prospective jurors without cause using what's called a preemptory challenge. Chauvin's team has 15 of these challenges, and the prosecution has nine, according to the court. Seems a little one-sided. These preemptory challenges can themselves be challenged, though. What? If they are based on race, ethnicity, or sex, known as a Batson challenge. The process continues until the court decides 
on up to 16 people, split into 12 jurors and up to four alternatives. Alternates, sorry. And then I guess just giving some background on the case, it says George Floyd, 46, was born in North Carolina and raised in Houston and moved to Minnesota as an adult for a fresh start working as a security guard at a restaurant. On May 25, 2020, police were called about a man who had used a $20 counterfeit bill in a Minneapolis store. Officers were directed to a parked car with Floyd in the driver's seat, and they handcuffed him and moved to put him into the back of a police car, according to the amended complaint. Two other officers, including Chauvin, then responded to the scene and struggled to get Floyd into the vehicle, the complaint states. Chauvin allegedly pulled Floyd onto the ground in a prone position and placed his knee on Floyd's neck and head. His knee remained there even as Floyd pleaded, I can't breathe, said, I'm about to die, and ultimately stopped breathing. He was pronounced dead at the hospital shortly after. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's autopsy listed the cause of death as heart failure complicating law enforcement subdual restraint and neck compression and ruled it a homicide. The medical examiner also noted arteriosclerotic and hypertensive heart disease fentanyl intoxication, and recent methamphetamine use as other significant conditions, quote-unquote. Medical examiners hired by Floyd's family also ruled it a homicide but said that Floyd died from asphyxiation from sustained pressure during the arrest. Derek Chauvin, 44, had been an officer with the Minneapolis Police Department since 2001 until he was fired in the wake of Floyd's death. He was the subject of at least 18 prior complaints, two of which were quote-unquote closed with discipline, according to a Department Internal Affairs public summary. A motion to dismiss the charges filed last August previewed his possible defense. In that filing, his attorney argued that Chauvin had no intent to harm Floyd while restraining him, that he was acting within police policy, and that Floyd's cause of death was the result of a drug overdose and other existing health issues. This is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, rest in peace to George Floyd once again. Fuck off Chauvin. Hopefully the court does the right thing, selecting that jury up there. It's sad. Just reading through that article, it sounds like some kind of sketchy stuff is going on. I don't know much about the legal system and court proceedings and what goes on behind closed doors with the court. I've never been in part of a jury, knock on fucking wood. I'm trying to do that shit. That. But yeah, man, much love to George Floyd and his family. And I think... I think the last thing, actually, before we get to the last part, so I, like I said in the beginning, it's um, Women's Month and Women's Day today specifically. So today, of all days, at f- this was, yeah, 3 8 at 4.01 a.m., Burger King tweeted, women belong in the kitchen, period. That's the tweet, literally. Burger King, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, not McDowell's, you understand? Not Burger Queen, Burger King. I guess this was Burger King UK, but either way, like, this is fucking Burger King. So then they replied to their own tweet, if they want to, of course. Yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Hashtag IWD, International Women's Day. And then they replied to that tweet, We are proud to be launching a new scholarship program. Program spelled P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E. That's how you know this is the UK. (laughs) We are proud to be launching a new scholarship (laughs) programmy. 
program which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. And like, yeah, as great as the overall message is, once you read into it, I understand what they were trying to do, like bait people in with the first tweet and then, you know what I'm saying, get the real point across. It just, <laughs> there's got to be a better way to do that, man. Your first fucking tweet, women belong in the kitchen. Boom, done, tweet. End of tweet, end of thought. <laughs> like, that's a little ridiculous. But yeah, man, I thought that was interesting on uh, an interesting approach to promote their fucking, you know, women in culinary arts uh, program. So you might want to, yeah, me, might want to take a look in the mirror, BK, huh? I don't know how they do it over there in the UK with the BK. The king's is like the real king. Yeah, I don't know, man. Royal family. That's another thing. I was reading that shit about the royal family and, you know, Harry and them. Harry and Mary. Is that what it is, man? I'm so out of touch with that shit, but. I'm not going to get too much into that because I don't know much about it, but I was reading a little bit about that shit this morning. Megan, not Mary, see? <laughs> but yeah, I ain't getting into all that. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I want to talk about, man, we're closing in on an hour here, is uh, the, I guess, Johnson & Johnson now has the new vaccine on the block. You understand? So Johnson & Johnson rolled out their new vaccine. I think this was earlier this week or last week. So this article says, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has given the vaccine emergency use authorization and J&J &J is scheduled to start distribution next week. J&J &J being Johnson & Johnson. Two vaccines are already being distributed in the U.S., one made by Moderna and another made by Pfizer, and it's German partner BioNTech. The new vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson, Janssen Vaccine Division, is a little different. Here's how. It's one dose. J&J's vaccine is designed to be given as a single dose. That means no follow-up visits, none of the red tape needed to make sure People return for those second shots and none of the worry about making sure a second dose is available at the right time. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are both designed to be given in a two-dose series. The Pfizer vaccine three weeks apart and Moderna's four weeks apart. There's been discussion about whether it might be okay to give these vaccines as a single dose or to extend the time between doses so more people can get their first vaccine and thus get a, at least some protection. But the FDA authorization says two doses, and many vaccine experts, including White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, fear giving just one dose of Pfizer and Moderna's vaccine might leave people only getting partly protected. J&J's vaccine was tested and shown to protect people with a single dose, although studies are underway to see if two doses might provide more protection. Okay. One thing people might notice right away about J&J vaccine is how it stacks up against Pfizer and Moderna's in terms of efficacy. Those vaccines had a startling efficacy rate in clinical trials of 94 to 95%. Real-world studies of Pfizer's vaccine in Israel indicate that efficacy holds up. The risk of symptomatic COVID-19, meaning people who get affected with the coronavirus and felt sick, decreased by 94% among people given two doses of the vaccine. In contrast, the overall global efficacy of Janssen's vaccine, J&J, &J, was 16% against moderate, moderate to severe illness. But it was 85% effective against severe disease and in trials anyway, 100% effective at preventing death, as no one who got the vaccine died from COVID-19. The J&J &J vaccine was given in different populations and at different times, however. It was tested in 44,000 people in the U.S., South Africa, and Latin America, and most of the testing was months later in the pandemic than the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, 
which started testing in the spring and summer. Pfizer's vaccine was tested in 43,000 people in the U.S., Germany, Turkey, South Africa, Brazil, and Argentina. Moderna's was tested in 30,000 people, all of them in the U.S. The J&J vaccine was tested after some of the troubling new coronavirus variants had started to circulate, including one seen in South Africa called B1351 that appears to weaken the body's recognition of the virus, including after vaccination. The J&J vaccine's efficacy was just 57% in South Africa, where B1351 is now the dominant variant, compared to 72% in the U.S., where it is far less common. Vaccine experts agree that all the vaccines provide very good protection by the most important measure, which is whether they keep people from getting seriously ill. But the differing, the differing efficacies raise the possibility that some people will see the J&J vaccine as second class. Sarah Christopher, the policy advocacy director at the National Women's Health Network, told an FDA advisory committee meeting Friday. There are feelings that there are first and second class vaccines, with the latter relegated to low-income, rural, or otherwise marginalized communities that has the potential to exacerbate existing mistrust, she said. Public health authorities must address these perceptions head-on. With the J&J vaccine, protection against moderate to severe disease starts about two weeks after people get vaccinated. By four weeks after the shot, data from the clinical trial showed there were no hospitalizations or deaths. Recent studies show good level of protection with the first dose of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, but people don't get full protection until about two weeks after the first dose, so five to six weeks after the first dose. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccines use a brand new technology called messenger RNA or mRNA. They deliver genetic material directly into cells via fatty particles. That genetic code gets taken up by cells in the arm muscle, which then followed the genetic instructions to make tiny pieces that look like a part of the coronavirus. Those tiny proteins stimulate an immune response, generating antibodies and immune cells that remember, quote-unquote, what they look like and that will be ready to respond quickly in case of a fresh attack. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine uses viral vector technology, a common cold virus called adenovirus 26 is genetically engineered so that it can infect cells but it won't replicate there. It cannot spread in the body and won't give people a cold. Like the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, it delivers genetic instructions. Instead of being carried in little lipid balls, the genetic instructions are injected by the weakened virus into arm cells, and they make the pieces that look like part of the coronavirus spike protein, the knob-shaped structure that the virus used, uses to connect to cells. Those delicate little balls of... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is a super serious article, but come on, man. The paragraph literally starts like that. Those delicate little balls of fat used to carry the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines need careful handling. I'm going to go ahead and pause that right there. <laughs> Pfizer's vaccine must be stored and shipped at between negative 80 degrees Celsius to negative 60 degrees Celsius, which is negative 112 Fahrenheit to negative 76 Fahrenheit. Something that caused a lot of trouble for states at first, which had to scramble to get dry ice and special freezers 
The FDA has now eased up on those requirements a bit, but the vaccine can still only be held in the refrigerator for five days and must be used within six hours of being thawed and diluted. And yes, the Pfizer vaccine must be diluted before it's used. And it cannot be shaken. It must be carefully inverted exactly, exactly 10 times to mix it. The Moderna vaccine is a little less fussy, but also must be frozen and carefully handled. Moderna's vaccine can be kept at about negative 20 degrees Celsius or about the temperature of a home freezer. In contrast, J&J's vaccine can be kept at a simple refrigerator temperature, making it far easier to store and ship. None of these three vaccines contains additives that can sometimes cause strong reactions such as antibodies, preservatives, or adjuvants, which are compounds used to boost the immune response that can add to the kick of any vaccine. That means a very low risk of allergic reaction, especially life-threatening anaphylaxis, which I'm not sure what that means. Anaphylaxis is an acute allergic reaction to an antigen, example a bee sting, to which the body has become hypersensitive. Okay. Um, especially life-threatening anaphylaxis. The CDC reports only a few cases of anaphylaxis in people who have been given the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines and all were easily treated. Only one case of anaphylaxis has been reported in the 44,000 people who have tested the J&J vaccine. So yeah, man, new vaccine on the block. If you're interested, it's out there. But that was really all we have for today, man. We're closing in on a fucking hour. I did have a couple more. Actually, we're over an hour. And I did have a couple more things, but given that we're over an hour, I might just save those for next time. This cucumber conundrum. Know what's not what you're thinking. Get your mind out of the gutter done. But also, this coming, what is it? Today's Monday. So from Wednesday to Friday, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be off the grid. You understand? Uh, I'm going <laughs> going camping. Me and my buddy Stu are taking his boat out and going camping with the dogs. You know what I'm saying? Become one with nature. You know what I mean? Just get out there fucking plant my roots a little bit, you know what I mean, so, um, yeah, man, this is, uh, just want to let you know, just in case, you know what I'm saying, in case I never make it back, you've seen Into the Wild, dude just, like, leaves, leaves society to go be one with nature and shit, young Mowgli out here, yeah, that might be me, I don't know, it's supposed to be nice weather, man, I'm stoked, but yeah, <laughs> I think to wrap it up, to cap off the International Women's Day episode, the little Stevie Nicks, yeah, you know I mean. Oh,
So yeah, man, you know the fucking vibes. Stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay tuned. This is the end of episode 34. Happy International Women's Day. Yeah, man, we out of here. Hasta la próxima vez, huh? <laughs> One love, peace. A case you don't have to go home, you just can't stay here, alright?